is cheesy. The plot is stupid. I'm sorry, the plot is bad. That's a little opening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an atomic edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron. Joined by a man I can only describe as as destructive as an atomic bomb. I give you the brick. I will have to say, Aaron, the atom is the it is the bringer of death. Well, no, I don't mean the computer, the atom. I like it, but yes, otherwise I agree with you. I, I, no, no. I, well, we'll talk about yes, it. We'll sir. talk about it. So we did spin the wheel uh, a couple weeks ago. We made the deal, and this week we'll be playing games on the beloved old school system. The acorn atom. Yes. Not the atom acorn, as you so demanded that I call it a couple weeks ago. I want it to be called that. That'd be so much better. Morons. So, you know, (laughs) we were talking before the show. When it comes to uh, these acorn machines, I kind of mind they kind of get mixed uh, uh, together. Well, the order is, yeah, it's funky. And so when this one came up, I was just like, oh, okay, it's just going to be another one of those, you know, type machines. But once I looked into this thing, listen, this thing right here is in our wheelhouse. Another one. And I had a great, glorious time uh, looking into this thing. Brendan, did you know anything about the Atom before we uh, spun it last time? I I knew of its existence. Yeah. I didn't know where it That's fit. That's a pretty good t- start. I didn't know where it fit in the time frame. Yeah. I didn't understand what it led to. Sure. Uh, but you know, there were so many of those computers. Yeah, Absolutely. So I did a, a, a boatload of research here on the Atom, Brent, to get us up to speed on this thing. Of course, manufactured by Acorn. Uh, I've got two differing uh, dates on when this thing was uh, manufactured and ready for sale. I've read 79 and 80, and I've read that it ran until either 82 or 83. So it ran somewhere between 79 and 83. We don't know exactly when in that ah, year. I interesting. Uh, so this was quite a machine. This was a machine, like a lot of machines uh, that came out of the 70s, where you could buy this thing as an assembled machine, or it was a kit. Or a kit. And yep. the kit, I love the kit machines. And as a kit machine goes, this was actually a pretty darn capable kit machine uh, this time around. Uh, what you got, of course, this is manufactured in the UK. This thing had a full uh, QWERTY keyboard on it. Yep. 60-key keyboard, a nice-looking keyboard from what I could tell. The uh, CPU, it's the ever-popular uh, MOS technology, 6502. Of course Everything it is. <laughs> uh, clocked at a megahertz. Uh, this thing had decent memory capabilities. It, 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 the minimum you could get was 2K. You could go up to 12K, and it, there was an expansion gimmick that someone released that allegedly you could get these things all the way up to 32K. Yeah. Not too bad. That is yeah. crazy. Uh, it also had graphics modes where it had, believe it or not, just thinking it was capable of eight colors. Everywhere up to mo- from monochrome to four colors, of course, depending on the resolution. And this game, this thing could uh, do monochrome modes, two fifty six by one ninety two, which isn't bad. No, in the era, uh, this thing did have a. Uh, it didn't come with it, but you, it had the capability of using a five and a quarter inch, one hundred kilobyte floppy drive. Not too bad. It had a beeper in it, but or a speaker, if you will. Now, I, I've heard this reported as as a beeper, but this was absolutely a programmable. Yes. It had a one channel sound speaker. This thing could produce, uh, you know, it could produce s- some sort of programmable sound. A, a bit of an octave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard some. 
as I played through some of the stuff, when I heard some okay sound. Uh, it also had a tape interface. It had a, a TV out. It had a, a a bus expansion on it. It had a, what I would consider sort of an iffy power supply in it. They said this thing used to get hot, and it, so a lot of people had a special video. Um, you, this thing had you could. This is just like a lot of the kid computers of that era. People would tinker and they would add on stuff. And there was there were add-ons for the video that would run extremely hot. So this is one of those things. Apparently, from what I read, the heat sinks and it worked great. I had a look at the inside of this thing, and unless the one I looked at was, I mean, I didn't personally get to open one of it. I watched right. the videos. It looked like it was all fully socketed. I mean, as a, as a as a computer of the day, it looks nice. Of course, a kid computer would be like that. Uh, when the this debuted, the price of this thing would you'd pay. For the kit, you'd pay 120 pounds, and if you wanted it built, that cost you an extra 50 pounds. Yeah. I'd pay the money, by the way. Of course, 50 pounds is a lot of money back in those days. At the end of its run, allegedly, you could get one of these things for 50 pounds. So you, yeah. it really had came down quite a bit back in the day. Um, so the the Atom was originally known as the Proton, which uh, that's kind of cool. That's a much better name. You like that better than the Atom? I do, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, the advantage the Atom had over its competitors at the time was its high-resolution display, which you mentioned, the price. The competitors, so what, let's talk about the competitors you would have had at that era, in that era. You would have had the, the TRS-80 line, yeah. the Model 1, and you would have had the, the Commodore PET would have been. And then you also would have had the Atari in the mix because the Atari computers debuted. Uh, in the seventies, so you would have those early. Well, and during its run, you would have picked up a ton of competitors. But I think this probably had them beat on. Oh yeah, yeah, they had probably had them beat on the its abilities uh, to to uh, uh, be cheap and have that high resolution display. So get this, uh, the Brent, uh, the uh, the Acorn Adam had this sort of like cut. It's it had a, a pretty basic basic in it, but eventually. They ended up releasing uh, the same basic that ended up being in the BBC Micro. A lot of people mistakenly thought that when you put this basic in, you could just run BBC Micro. No. <laughs> no, no, you could not. But it was completely same, different. Yeah, it was the same basic uh, that uh, that was in it back in the day. This thing had a net a network card availability for something called yep. EchoNet. You could link up to two hundred and fifty atoms together. Think about that. Yep. You know, you're building an organism well, like that many atoms. Uh, well, the thing is, the the uh, Acorn Company, they had all the right ideas. Oh, yeah. I don't think this was even close to their best implementation of those ideas, but they were very, a very forward-thinking company. Well, I don't know. You know, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I think this is a good little system. I'll tell you why. This predates the ZX80, the ZX81. This is this predates Barely. Those, but it still predates them. And if you compare the two... Like, this is a real computer, like, with a real keyboard. I mean, I don't know if you've ever... I've held an ZX81. I have to. Oh, not way, an 81. Way for thin. I mean, they're they're double cheap. This is a this would be like a system... I'm not going to say you could beat a guy to death, but you could absolutely capacitate him with it because it was built halfway decent. Uh, the uh, I should mention the case was designed by a, an industry, industrial designer named Alan Boothroyd. This is a pretty nutty-looking case. It's got the keyboard, and then you've got the plastic in the case. It's sort of like, I don't know, what you got, striped or whatever going out of it. It's yeah, it's, yeah. You don't like the look of it? I, I, I mean, it's okay. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, 
I, I watched, a, doing some research on this, yeah. I watched a video, and I, I wish I knew the gentleman's name. Uh, one of the, the historical societies, computer historical societies, was interviewing what is believed to be the guy that bought the very first uh, Acorn Atom kit computer. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and he, he ordered it just like he ordered everything else. And just like everything technology-based, especially at the time, it was, they'll be there next week. He'll be there next week. You know, they, and he's kept writing them letters when my thing, they'll be there next week. Well, he lived close enough. He could start visiting them. Yeah. So he started showing up at the, at the headquarters, but where's my Adam? Yeah. And they're like, listen, come by. It'll be in the post next week. He finally annoyed him so much. I guess like two months in, he went in and the guy was just like, one second and literally went to all the bins and filled up a bag, like just like a shopping bag yeah. full of parts, handed it to him and told him to just, just don't come by. <laughs> and then he got ended up building and it. And the guy ended up building it. He even had a bad part and he went back and got it replaced. <laughs> so, and uh, uh, he said, you know, this, he, it wasn't that he was, you know, uh, obviously he wanted a computer, was a fan. He was younger, was a younger guy at the time. Yeah. Um, but his recollection, so you know this guy's a fan, but he openly admits, you know, even for the time, by the time this made it to market, you know, the the writing was on the wall, more powerful stuff, more user-friendly stuff was coming out. And, of course, he mentions the uh, BBC Micro, which was a, almost a direct follow-up. Well, not almost. It was a direct follow-up to this, which shatters Shatters what the uh, the atom is. Uh, I think well, it's it, just it's the natural progression of what you where you were going with it, the atom. Uh, well, right. Know? I honestly, I see the atom as a. It was almost like a beta platform. It was a, you know, proof of concept, which I think helped them get the BBC contract. You know, to which really exploded their company at the time. Um, comparing the two, night and day, though. Don't think, oh, these are the same guys that made the BBC. I, I can't wait to, the micro, I can't wait to see, you know, what they have did in the past. This is not even close to the same technology I mean, base. They, they upped it. If, when, if you had a 32K version of this and you had that, that updated basic, you're in the you're in the ballpark. I think you're I completely this disagree. This, I think as far as game of computers of this year ago, this is a top computer, in my opinion. A very capable machine. Having looked at the software, I was very impressed with a lot of what they had to offer. Uh, and on top of it, like, for example, uh, they had ROM uh, packs. They had, uh, like, for example, the Atom Word pack, where you could have, like, a word processor on They had a calculator. You could put in a ROM pack. Yeah. So that was pretty... They had some... They, oh, they did. So they had plenty of support, <laughs> and they had plenty of people making programs for it. There's a goodly selection of stuff having gone through the software library. I was pretty impressed with it. And it ranges some, from some of your monochrome, like ancient stuff, to some fairly modern stuff, like a Chucky Egg, for example, was on there. Right. You know, so and there's even a port. Uh, Jeff Bagley did a, a port of Dragon's Lair that were run on this thing. Right, but that... Well, it's impressive for an old... This is a kid computer, is that, my point. I, I I have a completely different viewpoint than you do on this. I think this was a stepping stone computer, which doesn't make it bad. They all were. No, no. This was because I think the, the, the BBC Micro, I think that is a good enough computer 
to look back, reflect on what to own, what to play, what to to experiment with, where this, nothing. I had none of that. I played probably two dozen games. When I played my game, the, the, the first time I loaded it up, I was so disappointed. I went out and looked for a game to replace it with, okay? Yeah. And I... I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked, and it has it has your arcade. Stuff in it has all your arcade clones. It yeah. has all of your text adventures, you know, and that all that's fine. But what I picked, in my opinion, was probably one of the top, if not the top, non-monochrome game for the Atom. Yeah, I don't know. We'll I, get into I played a ton of well, them. Well, I'm just saying. I think I think this was a, ca- a very capable little little system. And it's an, a, you okay? I have one question yeah. for you. And, and again, I'm not ragging on the atom. It, it, it was a stepping stone to a much better machine. That's what the, almost all. Of them I were. wouldn't put it that way. I'm, okay, uh, this was the original. This was the keystone that launched the ship right there. This is the sure. So it's not just a computer they put out. Like, well, we'll put some out better in a couple of weeks. I mean, this was the this thing came out of the the ether. They pulled this out of the ground to uh, yes. make it. Well, I agree. I 100 percent agree with that. But do you see a reason to go to want to buy, to want to go back and experience things on the Atom versus going back and having those experiences on the micro? Oh, yeah. I'd buy one in a heartbeat. Uh, I'd buy one instantly. No, And along I, those lines, I did look up because, of course, I'm me. And I, I, every time we cover one of these machines, I want one, you know. And so on eBay, these, first of all, they didn't make a ton of these. Uh, there weren't a ton of these, and I looked for numbers on how many were released. I couldn't find any. I couldn't even find any speculation. All I read was they're they're rare, right? And I did I couldn't find any for sale on eBay, but I did see where people had sold some, and people had sold some that were not working as well. I did find one that sold uh, fairly recently for five hundred and seventy U.S. dollars, and it was fully working and fully expanded and jacked. And apparently that was a steal because I saw other ones that sold that weren't working were sold for parts that would sell over six hundred dollars. Yeah, and so, there, so these are definitely a, there's definitely value. Never never said there weren't value. Yeah, but I mean um, I think it's a, I think it's a unique looking machine. And I will say, and again, this is you were killing it. But when you look at the inside of this thing, it's a they. This was not some kind of. I mean, again, and this is no disrespect to the ZX eighty one, for example. But, I mean, those things were built to be as com- unbelievably cheap as possible. Yes. This was not that. This was built to be a sturdy, well-designed, re- like, They wanted this to be machine. in homes, businesses, and schools. Right. I mean, this and was, it was built to do that. This is not a disposable computer. This is no, one that you correct. can take. And so, that, that for me, that earned some points. And, you know, given what it can do and given when it came out, I mean, 79, a computer this capable at that early is impressive to me. I'm, and homegrown in the UK, which is nice. It's funny that story you told. I never thought about the possibility of just driving to someone that made me mad and giving them the business because no one that would never happen in the states because we're not making any. I mean, even back in those days, we weren't. I mean, unless you live near like I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I guess they manufactured Amigas here uh, for a while, but I mean, and I don't know. If, I don't know if they were manufactured Atari computers here or not. I mean, and the thing when I say here, I mean the U.S. They didn't manufacture any of this crap in West Virginia. No, of course, just, yeah. Can you imagine no. a West Virginia computer from the 80s? No. If you made a wood, <laughs> you know, it'd be an abacus is what it would be if it was all said and done, Brent. 
with half the beads missing. Yeah. So, Aaron, we were tasked to look at a couple games. And look at a couple games we did. I'm going to start the dance, I believe. I looked at a lot of games, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did, too. Uh, You're I, a hater. I looked at a little thing I like to call Painter. Yeah. And Painter is a special breed of game, Aaron. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Painter. Uh, this is an arcade-style game. Uh, and... It's not a new concept. This is a, you have a grid, a, a seven by five grid, and you are tasked as a little man to run around the, the lines of those grids. And every time you, you loop around a square, you will fill that square in. And that's what you want to do. You want to fill up the whole screen square by square. So like Amador. Yes, exactly like Amador. Um, and you, this is a, a color game. This was a 16K game. And you are given the ability to go up, down, left, right, and jump. The enemies in this are little colored squares. Uh, they have, they I believe they're called the chasers. Look, man, they look like hockey pucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I suppose it could have been. And the chasers are all about getting in there, getting in your business. They do get in your business. They're very annoying. And you have a, a limited number of lives. And when you start the game, there are three chasers. And they're coming at you hot and heavy. It is odd. It is perplexing the AI of this game because I, I looked for patterns. Because there has to be something, right? And it, just like the ghost in Pac-Man. They all have their personalities, and they're programmed to do certain things, Go depending on where you are on the maze or what direction you're facing, all that good stuff. I tried like gangbusters to find the pattern, the, to find the AI in this, and I could not figure it out. To the best of my uh, ability to decipher it, I believe you have one chaser which will attempt to come to your location. You've got one roamer that will just kind of dilly-dally around. And you've got one counter that seems to migrate to places you haven't filled in yet. Now, do I think it's actually programmed that way? No. I think that's all crap. But that's what my brain was telling me was happening. Because these guys are relentless. You and the bad guys are the exact same speed. 100% the exact same speed. So, and, and uh, of course, cornering this game can be an issue. Uh, and the computer never has problems cornering. But you can jump. So, you, it's a little bit of a, a give and take on that. I think So, I think it's a fair matchup is what I'm saying. Uh, this game infuriated me so much the first time I played it. Right. I think I probably know why. Go ahead. I went, I, I went looking for a different game to play. I was so mad. I wanted something better, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, like I said in the beginning, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, this this yeah. was about as good as it got. So I went back and I, and I had to record footage for the game. So I, I said, okay, I want to I want to put a good run up there because this is a tough game. I don't know how far you got into it. It is tough. It's not very far. I mean, I completed a screen one time. I was you did. Happy. Yeah, that, I, I'm impressed by that. I, it took a while, and, I, and I'll get into the controls. That's a whole other story. Uh, did you play with a keyboard or a mouse? I didn't know you could play with a mouse. Oh, I'm sorry. 
keyboard joystick. <laughs> I didn't know you could play with a joystick. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I wish I'd known that. If you, I had to reprogram the keyboard to get it to be remotely playable. You, you want you would have much rather played it with a uh, keyboard I I could use a joystick. because you had to use an analog stick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it made it that. pretty difficult. Oh god. So I got in there. I said, man, I'm just going to get this footage copied. I, I hate this. And what kills this game is the sound is oh, atrocious. Man. It's old school beeper noise. Yeah. Um, and it does play songs. It, it does. It I mean, plays a song when you die, of. and it plays a song right before you start. When it plays a song when you die, it makes you want to die. It does. It's really, yeah. really bad. And it has a, a, a tone. As kind of a steady tone as you play. Yeah. Uh, which actually, I didn't find that annoying. But so anyway, I sat down. I was like, God, I got to get that. I just got to get this done. I was like, <laughs> all right, I started playing again. And Aaron, the, the darndest thing happened. Yeah. I started to like Painter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was bearing it to me earlier. I, I was. I, 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 on Discord, I messaged Aaron. I was like, man, I'm going to kill this game yeah. tomorrow. So I started to like Painter. And it was it was a dark day in my life that I started to like it a lot. And I started to try different things. And I wanted to get a good run for the recording, which I ended up getting a pretty good run. Yeah. Uh and it was it started to become so satisfying to light up two squares at a time. Because you know, if you build a box and then you draw the line in the middle, you get both it lights up two boxes at one time. It's the most you can trigger at one time. But it was so satisfying to run by and hit, have those boxes light up at the same time. And you could run in lines and had just as soon as you cross the, the, uh, the, uh, cross point, both those boxes just light up, light up, light up. And the enemy AI in this, Aaron, when you jump over one guy, he'll, it seems like he'll, he'll go up the, the strand and hit you because he has, just like you, they have to stay on the lines. They can't go across the squares. Yeah. But I loved it, Aaron. I loved it. I ended up liking Painter. What is yeah. wrong with me? Well, I mean, it's that, you know, you've been, they, the, the Adam had you captured for too long, and then you fell in love with it. That's it. Well, it, I, I know. I still don't like the computer because I played a bunch of its other stuff. This game, it's simple. It's a simple concept. It's been done a million times. Oh, yeah. The controls on it, <laughs> kind of garbage. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, you have to be so precise when you go around a corner that it's it's a bit infuriating. The the hit detection on it, though, pretty good. Pretty good. Well, yeah. It, it, I, would agree I, I think it's a pretty good, pretty fair. It takes an incredible skill to jump one of those guys. It's, a, it's really hard. Aaron, what did you think of Painter? Well, when I first turned it on, I, my first thought about Painter was, "My God, my ears! Yes. Please help me, Lord, no!" Yes. Then I, you know, we're using a program called the Atomulator, which is the uh, uh, Acorn Atom emulator. It's a good emulator, yeah, but it's re realistic. And so, on the keyboard setup for this, up and down, up is the up arrow, down is the ca is the caps lock, left and right is the is the greater than the less than symbols. And then I didn't know there was a jump for the longest time. By the way, this has no built-in instructions either. No, no, that actually that's a horrible part of the game. Yeah. The game just starts. Yeah, and so it you don't get any help at all. And so for the longest time, I just went out there and failed. But luckily I was trying to find where the down button was. And hitting every button, I saw, hey, wait a minute, my guy went up in the air. How did that happen? <laughs> 
And so what? And so I was like, oh, okay. So then I was at that point. I mean, listen, I've played uh, uh, this game uh, before in the arcade. There's a Coca version. I think I, I just saw Curse Mitchell. It was called Cooper. It goes walk about. I played that back in the day. There's a ton of games like this, and this is another one. I mean, I don't think it's any better, any worse than a lot of them. This game, to me, it looks like if the Fairchild Channel F and the Dragon 32 had a son. This is the graphical output it would have. There's a there's a touch of Fairchild in there. Uh, that weird, you know, the Fairchild that weird. It's mostly the scoring. I guess maybe it's the font that reminds me of Fairchild. This is like a straight up dragon game to me, which that's good. I mean, I like you know that's a good thing. So I mean, I could get into it, but I mean, I, to be honest with you, I'll be honest. It's not a, that original. It's not any great shakes. It's competent. You know, it, I mean, again, I played this on the keyboard. If I'd known I could use a joystick, I'd have been all over that, right? Because the keyboard made it was the was made it much much wackier. Uh, it made everything it made everything hard at the beginning because I couldn't actually find out what to do. Not having a freaking uh, instruction built in instruction, which is sort of the way they did it back in the day, was was a hassle, which I didn't like. So that was one of my bigger problems with it. But otherwise, like I said, it was a totally serviceable game. To be honest with you, did so, you did you play it enough to get good, or did you play it enough to get annoyed and quit? I played it until I. I mean, I'm not the biggest Amadar guy. To be honest with you, and this is different than Amadar because it's, I mean, it's total grid out. It's the same basic bear. It is, me. yeah. Uh, jumping off the side was abusing. I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When that happened, I like the fact that your little guys have a hat and they're like they look like they're saluting or something at the bottom of the screen. So that's kind of cool. So I mean, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It. I think it had its issues, uh, but I think overall it did a good job with what it was, and you know that makes me happy. It makes me happy that I was able to eventually appreciate what this ended up being. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, again, it's it's not... I played a bunch of other games on the platform. You're right, there were a lot. It's just like a lot of the old com computers. There's a lot of ports. There's a lot... Of, I saw some modern games that looked really good, but I kind of wanted to play something from the era, so I didn't pick a modern title. Right. But the homebrew scene for this looks pretty solid. Well, and so, you know, there you go. Let's talk about, Aaron, what you did pick. Because you definitely picked one that I I, I wouldn't have expected, uh, just because you know it wasn't a commercial release. That's true. It wasn't a. Uh, well, I'm not sure what if it was a commercial release or not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll tell you what I do know about it. So I was looking. Here's what I usually do when I try to pick a game or a system like this. I go through and just watch some like. Uh, some best of games or whatever, but the ad, there's not a ton to be frank. No, but I did see uh, this game pop by, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of the old elevator action of the brand. Yes. And so when I saw Bellhop pop by, I oh, like, did, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, let's give that a shot. And so uh, this is Bellhop. Uh, I'll give you the information I have on Bellhop because there's not a lot. I, it's actually, <laughs> I, I think we had a little breakthrough here. So Bellhop. Again, this was released in 82, and it does have a little uh, a, a screen that gives you the instructions. So the game is listed as being by ML and JMF. Yes. Okay, now, 
uh, our own good buddy Pajaco uh, in the Discord, he goes, you know, this reminds me of a BBC game and also a game that was released on the ZX called Nifty Lifty, which I'd also never heard of. That's a much better name. So I looked. At, I like that. <laughs> I looked. I looked at Nifty Lifty, and I could see what he was talking about. And then he wrote back. He goes, you know, I think I got something here. It says uh, the authors of Nifty Lifty were Janko uh, Mercik Flogel and Mungo uh, Hamet Lear. And if you look at the initials... There you go. Mungo Lear is ML, and Janko uh, Mystic Flogel is JMF. So I'm going to go... I'm gonna I'm gonna write it down. This was a game that these guys did. There's no that's too much of a coincidence. I agree. Game. I looked up these two guys uh, to see what they'd been up to. Um, so Jonko was responsible. They actually worked together five or six times. The funny thing is, uh, this is not listed amongst their any of their credits. I can't find anything about this game anywhere. Uh, but these guys did a lot of work on the Amiga and the Atari ST. And they worked a lot together. They did a game on the Atari ST and Amiga called Warzone they, together. They did a game called Protector together. Uh, they did uh, they did a game called Space Station. Uh, there was they did a bunch of uh, Janko did a bunch of QL stuff, and he did a game on Janko did a game on the sixty four called Big Ben, and he did a game on the sixty four called nineteen ninety four. Uh, Mongo did a lot of stuff with like flight sims. Like apparently he was a he was a decent mover and shaker in the flight sim area in terms of documentation and stuff. Oh, cool. I think he's passed away, I'm afraid. Oh, I, I think I didn't read that. But I'd wager that uh, that uh, Pajaco broke the case wide open here. As he often does. And so i got to give him credit on that. And I found that quite interesting. It was nice to be able to at least try to figure out who wrote this thing. Uh, so the uh, instructions on this are pretty obvious. They write them right out in the screen. It says the object of this game is to deliver as many boxes as possible to the top of the stage. Uh, uh, it says that you score 100 points for each delivered box and 20 points for each time time unit left. You're dead when you run out of time. That's a good way to, to summarize this game. A game that takes <laughs> yeah. place... All right, that's it, everybody. <laughs> well, this game takes place on, on a wide screen, and there are five elevators that are going up and down all the time. And they're going up about 10 floors. And at the top of each floor is, is your goal. So what you're going to do at the bottom of this, the bottom right-hand side of the screen in this, there'll be a gift package wrapped with the bow. Yeah, complete present, per perfect classic present. Yeah, your, your guy's job is to rumble over, pick up the box, get on any of these elevators, take it to the top floor, and, and place it where there isn't a box. And the level is over when you get through all six top, when you get boxes on all six top platforms. Seems simple. There is two catches to make it more difficult. By the way, this is in all moniker, and I should mention that. Yeah. The first catch is you know, you've got a timer at the right hand side of the screen. It's a long bar. At first, it doesn't even, it just looks like part of the scenery, but it's not. It, it slowly runs down. And then, secondly, you've also got a, a for what I'll, I would just go and say a Pac-Man ghost. Yes, that, it's definitely a traditional Pac-Man ghost. Yeah. The, by the way, I should mention that in Nifty Lifty, it also has a Pac-Man ghost in it. So you can see, you can see that this is almost... Slight influences. Well, saying, <laughs> and by the way, I think this looks better than Nifty Lifty, but Nifty Lifty is a whole different game. So 
the ghost, I was puzzled at first as to what the ghost did. Because the ghost just sort of goes in a pattern up and down the levels, going from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. And I was like, well, he doesn't, he's not really attacking. It really hurt you or anything. What he does is when he gets to the top of the screen, there's a present there. He steals it. Yeah. And it's gone. And so you have to go all the way back up there and put another present. Well, I figured out fairly quickly that it's a strategy because the ghost is what I would call a speed demon. Right. You can, if you start on the, on the right side of the screen, put two, like put present at the top, say top three levels. By the time you do that, he'll have moved over to where you can go up and get his levels. And it's not that difficult to put the gifts on all the levels and, and him not get any. And then the time you get the timer and, and it repeats. Right. Here's the, which is, this is pretty fun because the, the elevators move at different, all different um, speeds. They're not very really speeds, but they, they just randomly go up and down between floors. Sometimes they go to the bottom. Sometimes they don't. Right. And you can sort of even, you can sort of free fall while you're on the elevator. You can, like, I couldn't get, I never got killed from no, falling. You, you can jump down the shaft even. But it's slow. And it takes, and when you do that, it takes time. It That's takes the, longer to fall to the bottom than ride an elevator yeah. to the bottom. Yes. Uh, so the the issue I have with this game is, once I figured out how to get all the gifts to the top of the, of the screen, I could just pretty much keep playing. For a while, so I I played this for a good while. I could, once I figured the gimmick out, and yeah. I would get like stage five. I think the timer. I don't think it's possible to complete. Yeah, the the, the the I mean the difficulty of the game doesn't increase. It just seems like the time gets less. Yeah, you get less time each and stage. So, and there's no they don't change this layout of the building or something like that. No. And I thought to myself, you know this this is oh they've got the bones of something here. How many times have I said it on this show? They got the bones of a good game here. Uh, it's a shame that they didn't flesh it out a little bit more because uh, this is sort of fun. I would have also not used the ghost. I would have used something else because if you had like a bad guy, a robber, yeah, that's right. It would have been a more fun or a spoiled kid or, or or whatever. You know, that would have been more fun. But I mean, otherwise, this is a unique game. It runs well. The controls. The controls in this are left and right, so it was not hard to control. Yeah, because you, you can't know. when you get in an elevator, you just end up on whatever floor it takes you to. And I wish, like, I would have put fall deaths in. I would like because I think this game needs a little more death in it. It needs Difficulty. a little more, you know. Yeah. But maybe they were trying to have a friendly game or well, whatever. It, it is one life. Yeah, I mean, when you when you run out of time, uh, it, that's it. You just. That's the end of the game. It yeah. shows you your score. And when it, and it gives you your score, and then you can hit a button to try again. I think I saw a guy on uh, YouTube that played this, to, to and he got over 3,000 points, which is, that's good. I never yeah. got that far. But, I mean, you can, I think if I played this enough, I could probably get pretty good at it. I wonder if the points are going to change that much, because it's, I mean. It never towards, changes. Well, no, but I'm saying, I guess you, if you, you have to be very efficient, but I don't know how much more efficient I could have been. Given that once I figured out my patterns on this game, it wasn't. I was pretty freaking efficient, you know. And again, the ghost. I never saw the ghost really speed up. I mean, he just no. Uh, so maybe well, no, just let, what he does. No less time. It's always less time. That's what it. But I think I think that they. Uh, uh, I think that there there's room for improvement in this one. It's fun. The guys fleshed out pretty well. The I mean, you can tell what's going on. Again, I'm a big elevator action fan. The funny thing about this and Nifty Lifty, Nifty Lifty's a game where you run back and forth across platforms, and in the middle of the screen is an elevator shaft with an elevator that goes up and down. And so, and you collect stuff, you just go back and forth, collect stuff. 
And then eventually, you complete that level. The second level, there's two elevators in the middle of the screen. Well, on that game, elevators kill you. Yeah. It's supposed to help you. So that's a difference, which that makes a little less sense, frankly. So I kind of wish they would have done more with this concept and not so much with Nifty Lifty. But still, it's an interesting sort of puzzle that, that no one, as far as I can tell, have ever... I don't know how often Bellhop's getting played. Okay, there's a, we may have plucked this one from security, you know. But, I mean, it's still... I don't think anyone made a connection before Pajaco did. So, big thumbs up to Pajaco yeah. on this one. Yeah, my my opinion on this game is, is a little more down than you. Uh, I think the game was easily solvable. I mean, the very first time I played it, after I saw that the ghost does, isn't there to kill you, it's there to take the presents, yeah. uh, it was easy to do the... Do the right three first, then do columns one, two, three, game over, or yeah. next level. Um, the, I, I don't think there's nearly enough difficulty. No. The, I think the the elevators do run on a pattern, uh, I, especially from, yeah, from stage, the pattern on stage one and the pattern on stage two are the exact same. I don't think it matters. I mean, maybe that's why, because I never really had that much trouble getting to the top. And plus, if you get stuck somewhere, you can always just jump on another elevator. Well, the, the whole, I think the whole, um, that could have been better difficulty too. of this game, or, or I guess the strategy to get a higher score is you have to know when, if an ele- if you're going down an elevator and then it just starts going back up to get off the elevator and either jump down the shaft or get on another elevator. Uh, even if you jump down the shaft, if the elevator comes down and yeah. it starts to pass you, you, it basically just picks you up. And puts you down at the bottom fast. That's something else that could have made this more fun. The elevator should crush you. It basically at the it, bottom. It's not that, like, It's just not that type of game. I mean, it could be. It could be. This is a game that you. I, could have, I don't think this concept's strong enough to build on. Oh, I mean, I, I think it, I think you could do something. I'm just saying. It, I'm not saying, hey, call happy. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, you got something here that could have been fleshed out a little bit more than they did. But I will give them credit. You got. I'm sure you'll get this. The, the elevators look good. The guy looks good. You can tell what's going on. It runs at a good clip, you know, so uh, you, it's got that going for it. You know, it's okay. It advertises itself on the screen. You got to love that. It's got the instructions. You get a score. Yeah. You know. Now, did we get any reviews on this? We thing? did. I got one here from uh, uh, the aforementioned Pajaka who writes, representing a non-commercial game from the early days of computers, you have to give it a break, but really the game isn't properly balanced. And in this game, the wheels can come off pretty fast. So it is possible to get stuck for too long waiting for an elevator and just at a point where you know you can't complete the level. I also found it a little easier to wait until an elevator was above you and then fall on the ground floor uh, while slow can be faster than waiting. I did that too. Everything really comes down to luck, uh, though, so it isn't fair sometimes. And although there is a strategy of sorts, it won't get you far if the randomness of the elevator screws you over. I made it to level three and almost level four. But the time goes too fast, so any slight mistake or getting stuck for too long will spell the end. The game really just needed a bonus score rather than a timer, and I reckon the game could be improved for homebrew if the ghost just moved the package to a different level. Good idea. A fun but flawed game, 5 out of 10. I will say, I I cruised through this game once I figured out the gimmick. I didn't have any trouble getting up and down elevator. Yeah, no, I thought it was extremely easy. Yeah, and you're I, right. Well, I got to my, pretty much about the same area you did to the point where I was like, I just couldn't get that time. Was so well, yeah, eventually the time just says you 
get as many packages as you can, but you're not going to win. You don't have enough time. Like, li- you literally do not have enough time to right. succeed. But uh, overall, to, to summarize, I thought it was a pretty interesting game. I enjoyed playing it. And uh, um, I found I liked it more than yours. Not because yours. Really? Different. Well, the reason is I've just I've played yours a, a, a number of times. Where this one was at least the concept of it was a little bit different. I like that that you're delivering packages to the top floor. That your bellhop, I, the imagery of it amuses me. You know, so I was down with it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my game significantly more, mainly because trying to figure out the AI, trying to figure out the 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 inner workings of the game was just it was a mind puzzle. It, it intrigued me. It got me wanting to play more. You know, one thing I want to say though is it, we, we play and here the last couple of weeks I've enjoyed immensely. Because we're getting back into these old computers that I love. There's a cornucopia of game ideas. You know, retro, modern retro games are in vogue now. You see them everywhere, oh, right? It has been for a while, yeah. And much like uh, uh, some of the other games we've covered on the show, there's a lot of neat, like, untapped potential in some of these older games, I think. I like the idea. I think if, if I'm a guy that's programmed now to put stuff out, on like an Evercade or uh, something to put in an online store or something, I may start combing the old back, the back water of some of these computers just to kind of hork some of the good concepts we've seen. I'm just saying, it's not the worst idea. I, I think, for example, Bellhop, it's a concept is simple. You can flesh it out in a nice way. We had the same thing happen last week when we played these old machines. You know, I, I think there's a a ton of good ideas that are waiting to be the, that are waiting to be exploited for well, the for the wealth and betterment of someone else. Listen, you got <laughs> if you're going to hork the gimmick, it, it fully you pay the the guy. But otherwise, I mean, listen, it's free room. It's not like anyone's scrambling to make big money off Bellhop is my point. You know what I mean? I'd like to see this stuff fleshed out, you know? That's just me. Aaron, you were, you know what I like to see? I don't want to know. <laughs> I like to see the wheel. Let's get that thing out. It's right there. Here it is. Now, Aaron, what did you add to the wheel today? Nothing. I what? didn't add anything to it. I'm not the wheel guy. That's you, brother. No, Aaron, we changed roles. You're the wheel guy now. No, I'm not. So you're saying that we need to add wheel pieces to the wheel that you didn't add wheel pieces to. Correct. I think you just spin what's on there. What are the chances it'll come up again? That's my theory. (laughs) Aaron, let's get together here. Let's talk about how wonderful the wheel is as we get ready to spin the wheel. Spin it. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You didn't even change the retro rewind piece. No, nothing. I did nothing. What happens if we spin the acorn? We'll just spin again. No, we can't spin again. Would you again. just hold the wheel? <laughs> I mean, what are the chances the acorn comes up again? Bam! That's a winner right there. Now, Tell people, what you got? We've got good FMV games by Brett. Good FMV games, Aaron. You know, I love me some FMV. All right, yeah, as you know. And the last time we did FMV stuff, like, we came out with a big winner, that submarine game we played. I love that game. And I played it online with everybody. It was a lot of fun. So I was just talking to some guys in the Discord about this brand new FMV game that came out. It's like a, de- a detective thing. Now, here's the downside. They wanted, like, 84 bucks for it. Oh, no! 
So here's what I'm going to do. I'm buying a car tomorrow. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to play that one. Well, thank you. But I'm going to I'm going to go out and find a good F and V game that I've never played before. There's got to be one out there, Aaron. I come prepared. You do. I already know what I'm going to play, uh, and it's going to go back. I'm going back, baby. I'm going back to what does well. That mean? You're going back where? To the to the to the nineties. But because if you well, go I mean, that's where you've got to go, is if it? you go much farther than that, there's not much F M V to be had. But, but are you gonna tell since you never have here recently your new gimmick is not telling people what you're playing. I was so convinced Painter was bad that I didn't want to tell people that was my game because I was trying to find another one. Oh god. But that's it so, ended up being what I wanted. So that'll be coming up in two weeks. But next week, Brent, yes. we'll be back. And we'll be back with the Atari ST show. Yes. I can't wait for this one. We're going to be playing a game called Bum- Bumboozle. 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 That's sort of what we, that's sort of the, our, that's sort of the trademark of our show. Bumboozle <laughs> people. That's what we do. It should be a lot of fun. I'm going to actually drag out my actual Atari ST, finally, that I bought from Pac-Billy at Boat Fest. I'm going to break that thing out. Listen, I've been breaking out the old school stuff, so it's another one in line. There you go. So there may be, in fact, there may be what the uh, uh, subject of the upcoming uh, Friday Disaster Stream. That reminds me, I want to make a quick announcement if it's announcement time. It is announcement time. Uh, Coming up, as you watch this, it will be this coming Friday... Uh, for the people that are watching live, I'm talking about Friday, the 22nd of September. I will be doing a one-on-one interview with the programmer and the guy who literally made the entirety of the game, the King of Chicago. We just covered on Amigos this week. Doug Sharp will be nice. my guest. I don't do a lot of interviews, Brent, because I'm a yeah, hack. Yeah. But I'm going to try to slosh my way through this one. And luckily, Doug's story is quite interesting. Again, this is the guy that is behind the concept of the game, the programming of the game, the porting of the game. He worked for CinemaWare. This was the very first CinemaWare title ever put into production, Brent. My goodness, Aaron. How much... How, what blackmail dirt do you have on this guy to get him on the show? It, it's the story of how I met this guy is hilarious. <laughs> and we'll get into that too uh, when we go live. So that'll be fun. So that's coming up this Friday. Please, if uh, if you check us out, it'll be six o'clock Eastern time, six p.m. Uh, it will be a good time. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Doug. I talked to him in the email. He seems like a real nice guy. Well, Aaron, I think that's going to wrap it up today. You got any final thought? Final, final thoughts? Listen, you got two missions this week. Number one, start pondering the FMV fund for two weeks. Number two, drag out that Atari ST. Get some bamboozle in you. We're going to Atari it up next week, and I cannot wait. Excellent. We will see everyone next week.